Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the CX Goalkeeper podcast. Your host, Gregorio Leoni, will have smart discussion with experts, thought leaders, and friends on customer experience, transformation, innovation, and leadership. I hope you will enjoy the next episode. Ladies and gentlemen, today it's really, really a big, big pleasure. Hi, Debbie, how are you? I'm great. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me on, on your podcast today. Thank you very much. Where are you today? I'm in Lagos. So it's a state in Nigeria. Ah, very, very nice. Commercial I think hall, Nigeria. Yeah. Oftentimes you, you are there, but I know that you are traveling also around Africa and also you are a global thought leader in customer experience. And therefore I was asking or I was wondering where, where you were. <laughs> Yeah, I'm in Nigeria. I'm home. <laughs> that's that's very, very nice. Thank you very much for, for being here. It's, I really, really appreciate you taking time for this discussion. And as usual, I ask the same question. Debbie, could you please introduce yourself? Right. So I, I'm, I'm Debbie Aquara, a Nigerian. Um, I run a customer experience consultancy which you know has over time evolved into a group of companies so i kind of like to describe myself um based on what i do as a customer experience entrepreneur i am you know so set up three businesses now and i'm constantly looking for i'm constantly getting inspiration from businesses and business models to to find new ways to help businesses grow one customer experience at a time and in in africa Uh, at the moment, I would also call myself a leading customer experience educator because we've recently launched Africa's first um, globally recognized CX um, certification program. So we are on a mission to get 1 million Africans certified by the year 2030. So it's a lot of work, but we just believe that the more competent people are, to manage CX from a cultural perspective with Africa in context, the more successes we'll record. So that's just me. I'm a mother. I have the most adorable 10-year-old. I'm sure mothers say that. <laughs> and then I'm also, I mean, I, I also have an NGO on the side. So that's like the real me, humanitarian. So I have um, an NGO at the side. It's kind of a bit of CX though, but the focus really is on community experience and, and basically giving platforms to high net worth individuals and corporate organizations to give back from a shared value perspective with a focus on low income um, communities in my country. Yeah, so that, that's me putting it briefly. <laughs> Thank you very much, Debbie. First of all, I think uh, a lot of people are using the name CX Queen and we can see and we can understand why also only from the way you are speaking, besides that you are really an expert on this topic. Uh, you didn't mention the name of your NGO. Could you please share the contact details oh, or the link? Yeah, so it's it's um, actually ELP, like an acronym, H-E-E-L-P. Um, so it means help educate, elevate the less privileged. So it's a bit of um, people that know what I do at the moment, just reach out. Um, schools, I'm basically doing work in education space right now with um, high net worth individuals. Um, but, you know, it's, I think one thing at a time. So I'm still trying to figure out how to get that going. But that's, that's between you and I, that's like my retirement plan. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i'm taking it steady on that one yes okay. thank you very much debbie and um as uh, usual i am let's say preparing a bit myself i did some research if i understand well 
it, you, the plan was that you were a lawyer. <laughs> and why did you go there? <laughs> or didn't you go there? The, take that again, your question. The plan was that you were studying uh, law and you would be a lawyer, if I understand well. Oh, okay, no, no, what happened was my, my father wanted me to study law in the university, but I had to, I had to have a certain score in math. And I, don't, I suck at math, to be honest. Like, it's so bad. Don't, don't even ask me what one plus one is. Don't even think about, don't bring that question near me, right? But I sucked at math um, and obviously had, had stayed a year at home. My friends were off to, off to university. I'm like, I'm not going to keep writing the same exam. I'm, I'm not good at math, right? So I opted for, for theater arts. Maybe that's why I'm very dramatic when... <laughs> I have a natural high when I'm speaking, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, thank you. And uh, could you please share a bit also from, from your career? How, do you, how did you get to create three different businesses and, uh, oh, and then wow. being one of the most rec recognized CX expert, CX queen in, in Africa? At the end, it's one of the biggest continents. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing. I, it started, I mean... Prior to while I was trying to pass my math to get into uh, to, to meet the cut of score to get into university, and um, I took up a job in sales and service. I was working in a boutique, so we call we'll call that role like a sales girl, and I did that I did that for 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 a while, um, and then I finished university. I took up a job. I so I was in broadcasting for for a bit as well, and um, moved into PR, and then I got into banking in customer service. So that's really where my contact with customers started. So I was in that role from just being an entry level employee. I started heading the team. I switched organizations, and I was I was hired into total quality management. So that's when, you know, I began my journey in terms from a CX. So we know it was, there was no such thing as CX back in the day. We're all just doing stuff, right? And making things happen. And so I achieved great success and my team was dissolved. And we were told, um, you're no longer needed. We are now number one. So this is thing KPMG does in my country. It's called the banking industry customer satisfaction service, do it every year. So all the banks kind of want to be on, want to be number one, right? So my bank attained number one and they've been there for a while. Like, okay, we don't need you guys anymore. You go to marketing, you go here, you go there. So I went into training. I was in training for five years and worked and I was, I was, I was given the customer, customer related courses. So designing curriculum, running the trainings. I was also responsible for the entry level guys, designing their curriculum, managing all their trainings throughout that cycle at the entry level. And so I did that for five years. And but at the same time, I was also thinking about why we were dissolved as a team. But we're not relevant. So we're busy chasing the things that matter. We're chasing the score as against being relevant, right? Um, so I did a bit of work, a lot of retrospect, trying to figure out what we did wrong, what we did right. And guess what happened? The bank, the bank's rating dropped. And they're like, where are, they, where are these guys? <laughs> so um, at the time, I had a boss who was like a general manager in charge of HR and training. And she was given the role to take on customer service and get us back at number one. So I, again, none of the fancy names we have now existed. So I put a proposal together, what you would now call a customer experience strategy. You know, we have so many fancy names now. So I put the proposal together and I presented it to her that um, 
So we, I had an immediate boss before her. So I told that one verbally, I would like to go back in there and get this ratings. But she said, okay, put your thoughts, document, write, write down your thoughts and let me share with her. And then I, I sent her, I had the middleman. That's what I'm trying to say, right? So she shared my proposal with a general manager and she called, general manager calls up me. So then I was, I was heavily pregnant, like just a month before my due date. And the general manager calls me and says, great proposal. The minute you're done and you're back from mat leave, you're resuming into this role and doing every single thing you have documented. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. So I, I got back from maternity leave um, and then I got to work. So it was just, there was no approval for anything but fix it. So it was just me and my computer. At the time, I used to have a blog, you know, a Christian blog. I'm a person of faith. I just have a Christian blog where I share my thoughts and my perspective on God. And it occurred to me that why don't you get a sense from everybody why our culture now isn't working and why we're dipping? So I just basically applied what I was using in my personal life, the blog, and I, I, we set up what we call the service blog. And people were just giving feedback, like this is the problem, that's the problem. So it got to the point where we had departments like internal control, going in there and pulling insights and changing policies. And it really worked. The awareness was so strong. And then we moved from there into um, individual product experiences, right? So from there, the bank moved back up to number one. <laughs> so eventually we moved up a step. I got approval. We added people to the team. And then we got back to number one. And then I was told, okay, um, we get that we're back at number one but we would like to merge your role with HR. And I'm like, why? Like, I'm, I'm on the roll here, right? Because you can still do CX, we see the value, but let's merge you with a bit of HR. So I did HR for a bit and I, I switched organizations to go kick off a customer experience in another bank. Now in doing that, um, we did a diagnostic, so that's where I started the whole diagnostics thing, my former bank, where we do the diagnosis, understand what the problem is, and then we try and address it at the source. We did the same thing, and we found there was a different problem, right? We had two banks that had merged, and then they had different standards of service. So we had to create one standard of service and went on like a nationwide training and auditing and all of that. And in nine months of doing this, when the next um, survey was done by KPMG, they went up three steps from 16 to 13. And I moved to telecommunications. I wanted to know more. I felt there was more to CX than banking. So I really wanted to know, let me go try CX in another sector. So at telecoms was when I was exposed to CX and the bottom line and organizational goals, that alignment, which brings the stuff I'm talking about today, right? Um, and we managed CX to the point where we could tie it on to corporate, to corporate goal and we could measure return on experience from a revenue perspective and from a product adoption perspective. And when I moved to telecoms, I'm like, okay, I can't keep hopping. I can't keep job hopping and sector hopping. You know, from a HR perspective, we're like, I have no staying power. So uh, that was in 2015. Like, okay, you know what? Rather than, you know, industry hopping and job hopping, let me set up a practice where I can give this service to anybody in any sector. And that's how it started. So I started that by just, 
you know, I went on, I went on GoDaddy, set up a website. I was already doing stuff. Every quarter, I would take time off work to go train. I was focused on sharing with people who were up and coming what I had discovered, what this discovery was. I knew at the time it wasn't all the CX and all the fancy stuff. We were just going, right? And then I switched to education. So my employer in, in education had the challenge with uh, me having a company on the side. So I had to resign involuntarily. And I just focused on doing this. Now, to the point of doing the consulting, while we're doing it, we realized that the need for training was huge because you had to design. Again, remember my experience in, in human capital development. So it expanded beyond just training one person. I had to think of an entire curriculum spread for basic middle management, senior management, executive management. And then there was a need for the CX certification program. So, and we framed it as a customer experience and innovation institute. So if you want to design a product at the institute, we can help you do that. So that now formed a business out of the consulting firm. Now, working with clients, again, they adopt technology. They don't even know the half of what they need and they waste a lot of money. In some cases, we've had micro businesses come to us, but they can't afford our services, but they need our services. So we're like, there's opportunity in digital, right? We can begin to find and partner with CX solution providers and then make recommendations to clients, help them with identifying the right tool, doing the requirement gathering, managing the project to deployment, and also designing solutions. So that became our third business. So that's how we have three businesses. And I don't have the technical competences from a tech perspective. So I have a co-founder and a CEO. So that's how our three businesses were formed. The consulting business, um, the, the Institute of CX Innovation, and uh, the digital solutions business. That's, uh, that's how the journey started. And there's a fourth one, but I'll hold it until it's fully birthed. <laughs> <laughs> now this this is an outstanding story. It's it's a great story from having a, a job, moving into consulting, creating the the own business, and therefore all my respect for what you are doing and also for what you will will do because I am following you. You are doing an outstanding job, and as as we said today, we would like to speak about uh, six management competencies and then also the role in the different um, yeah. continents because at the end uh, what we discussed quickly also at the beginning is there are really great examples that are coming from the USA I like them I really reuse them I share them it's Ritz Carton it's Nike it's um, McDonald's and all these these, these great examples uh, from different points of view from different angles but yeah. I am in Europe you are in, in Africa and the, the culture is, is a bit different uh, yeah. the values are different and therefore I really would like to understand uh, what's your view on which are the six management competencies that are required and then why are these required in, in your continent? Yeah, I think overall, if, if you look at the brands that you have mentioned now, they are brands that have, that knew what they wanted and defined a roadmap to achieve their goal. What we are doing and what I've observed that we are doing as the profession is we are just sitting back and putting the pieces together from all of these different businesses, which is actually wrong for the emerging market. We are yet, we are, whether we're an emerging market or we're from, we're not developed, bottom line. We're either on the road to development or we are still 
above for the frontier markets, you're not underdeveloped, you're on that road to being a developing country. They are specific to Africa and Nigeria. They are, it's tough to do business in Africa. It's tough. You're dealing with the political issues, you're dealing with, you know, with the, the currency, you know, the FX, FX rates going up every other day. You're dealing with even utilities, power. Like in my country, power, you're dealing with taxation issues. There are things that are, I mean, that is outside of thinking about the Porter's Five Forces. There are things that affect business growth. So when you're talking to the CEO of a business in Africa who is dealing with all of these things and you're telling him as a CEO, you need to embed CX in your leadership. It's hogwash, for want of a better word of putting it, because his priority is to stay in business. So when I think about my journey, which I have shared, the reason why my team was dissolved is because there was nothing bringing in the bottom line. Right. So when the goal of, OK, we wanted the bragging rights, when that was achieved, we're off the table. So in an emerging market or in a frontier market, what you in terms of competencies, how can you manage customer experience successfully? What are the things you need to manage CX success? It is not a case study from Nike or from Amazon or from Zappos. That won't save you. I have I know people who go for CX training outside of Africa. And they come back and they guess what? They pick up their phone and they call me to ask me questions because you cannot correlate what you've gotten from the Western world and apply it here. What is one of the reasons why we designed the CX certification program the way we did, right? Understanding the African culture and then embedding, you know, putting a bit of the Western in. So you're even, you even have a broad scope. You're not just narrow-minded on what's happening in Africa. Right. So when I think about my experience and I, I, I really did spend some time researching and then I found the the um, good calls, career competencies. And that was the aha moment for me as a customer experience practitioner, because I saw the alignment between competencies and human behavior. And then that injecting that into understanding the business. So the customer experience competences for me really for an emerging market starts with understanding the goal of the business. And this is what I've seen in my career. The successes I have achieved in my career is I started from the place of what is the goal of the business? I don't go talking CX on the table. I mean, I sell CX for a living. I speak to CEOs and they listen. I send in proposals. And because it is focused on what the business wants to achieve, I get a yes very quickly. Right. We get a yes very quickly. So the first thing is the first competence you need is to understand business. How does your business make money? How does your organization make money? And then what is the place of CX in that revenue generation? That's the first thing. The next thing from a competency for you to understand is do I have can I successfully align the idea of CX to that goal? There has to be an alignment. So if the goal of your business is to increase, and I think I've shared this case a lot of times online, where in the telco sector where we had 21 million subscribers and we had spent money on a self-service platform. The self-service platform was built to solve a business problem, which was reduced cost to serve at the contact center. Now, money had been spent, but the cost was still high. Only 300,000 out of 21 million subscribers were using it. 
So the business goals, I'm going to let me use this analogy now to kind of explain my take on the competencies. So the business goal pretty much was we need to increase the adoption of the self-service channel so that we can reduce the cost to serve. Now, for us as CX, the understanding, now that we understood that if the business could save costs of this, get return on the self-service platform that was done, I mean, revenue would come in, we'll make more money if we save costs. Obviously, it's a no-brainer. So we said to ourselves, how can we, how can we work with the business to achieve this from a customer experience perspective? And we wanted to find out what is the reason why people are not even using the solution. So our strategy became aligned to focus on the experience on that channel to increase adoption, increase usage, reduce cost to serve, and increase revenue from the channel, right? And then the next thing that I consider a competency for an emerging market is stakeholder inclusion. We make the mistake of thinking as CX, we know it all. We don't know it all. We don't. We don't know. We don't know half of it. In fact, half is like giving us a lot of credit. We don't know it all, right? You need the people in all the different teams on the table. And it's not just needing them. You need to connect your strategy with what they want to achieve in a year. You can't work in isolation, right? So you have to find a way that marketing, what's your KPI for the year? Um, finance, what's your business? What's your goal for the year? How does CX, so it's a lot of connectivity. So that whatever you're reporting as a win, finance is saying, oh, this is a win for us too. That way you're not going to struggle to get buy-in across any function, across any department. Now, the fourth thing is when you have done the diagnosis, you've seen what the problem is, you design. You're not just chasing scores and dashboards. Oh, we're doing effort score. Why are you measuring efforts? I, I was I was I was part of the capstone project presentation for one of our certification programs, and someone was talking about KPIs she wanted to track, and she said, and I thought this was really interesting. I've been talking about it since then. She said her goal was not to track NPS, but her goal was to measure the number of new customers that they got through referral. Right. So we need to. It, it's about in the developed world. It's great. Things are working. You have the privilege of, you know, having the best at your in your at your beck and call, right? But here we have to develop it. But we have to develop on a place where it makes money and makes sense for the business, right? So I've talked about understanding the business goal. You have to effectively do that, effectively align your CX strategy to that goal, work with stakeholders, alignment with stakeholders. And then now design experience improvement initiatives, implement them, and then track and measure the outcome. So if you're going down this route, then you will see that year on year, as the business goal changes, your CX metrics will change because the focus is changing. In some cases, you may even have to come up with your own metrics, CX metrics. And this happened to me in education. So all the things that I share are things that, that I experience on the job, right? In education, we're measuring CSAT. CSAT scores were high. Parents were happy, but they were living. And when we did a deep study, we found out that what was important to parents was academic improvement of the child, meaning has my child improved academically since joining your school? So we had to include the academic improvement score, AIS. It never existed. It became a CX metric. 
right? And then from there on, when you've done gone the rounds and you see we've measured, oh my God, it's worked, amazing. Now, how do you put that thinking into a process? And I call it customer experience management institutionalization. How do you put that into a process that even when you're not there, it's seamless, it's working? Because at the end of the day, to the next competency is about inspiration and maturity. Everybody knows. And for me, the way I look at customer experience management competencies, every person in an organization should be proficient in customer experience management to a certain degree. Right, And I've had the privilege of working in HR, performance management. So what we've done at Niche is we have split that into competency buckets, proficiency buckets. So if you're in the entry level, you should function no less than a three, no, no, more, no less than a two. If you're a middle manager, no less than a three. If you're a senior manager, no less than a four. And if you are, so here we call it OGAD top. That means the big boys, right? You are a five. When you are all at that level, I don't struggle to get your buy-in because you know you're thinking CX and you don't even need me because I have plugged in, remember, institutionalization. So I have plugged the thinking into your process already across all the departments, right? And then that takes to the next thing where CX leadership, your thinking, how will this affect the customer? But CX is not in the room when you're having that conversation because you know. And for me, the success with CX in Africa is not having a department with 5, 20 people and doing CX management. Absolutely not. It's having one, two people for strategy because every other person gets it. And you're just providing that foresight. You have done the work. So if you look at customer experience, the way I've broken it down now, it is my experience in an emerging market. It is not textbook. It is purely experience purely experience, right? So if you look at it, it's actually a journey. So by the time I get to that point of CX leadership, you're not thinking along the lines of the value, the value disciplines, product leadership, um, what, what's it called? There are three of them, the value discipline. you remember? <laughs> there are three of them. There's product leadership. Okay. Yeah. Price. Professional excellence. There are three. There's pro- yeah. I think it's called products. Customer intimacy, so product leadership, customer intimacy, and then um, operational excellence or efficiency. I can't remember. It's something operational, though. So you now transition into that. And that's what has happened with Amazon, with Nike, with Zappos. They've done the work. The goal of the business drives the type of experience they deliver. Look at Amazon. Their story is unique. But we, I don't want to say we're lazy, but I can't think of any other word to use. We jump on it. I want to do what Amazon has. You're not Amazon. So we, we, so we in Africa, we're struggling. We're not Amazon. We're not Zappos, right? So we can't do, let's, let's, let's put in, I've seen businesses. Gregory, I've seen businesses do amazing things here in my country. And I've, I'll give you an example. There's a business, it's a small business, right? They hire undergraduates who are still in school and... They give them student loans. So you find a lot of young, energetic, passionate people working for them. And the service that they give customers is completely different from any other restaurants I have visited in my country. That's a strategy. 
and they're leading from employee experience because that's what's dear to the owner's heart. So that's my take really on the, the customer experience management competencies for emerging and frontier markets is let's, let's go down that road. First of all, successfully understand your business and what it wants to achieve and how we can make money. Then understand how to align your customer experience strategy to that goal. Then get your stakeholders, what do that you need? Is your strategy aligned to theirs as well? Otherwise, you will struggle to get implementation. Then you can go ahead and design your initiatives, implement them, measure the outcomes. As they, as they measure the outcomes and they're successful, think about institutionalization. Build it into your process. One of the things that we are very guilty with in my country that I've realized, and I, I, I make bold to say Africa, it's not to be corrected, is it's in our head. It's up here. And we expect people to know when you say it once and they get it. You have to document it. You have to, you have to document and enforce it, right? So that's, that's pretty much my take on, on you know, the competencies from, from a frontier and emerging market perspective of customer experience management. The, the only thing that I can say is, ladies and gentlemen, please go back 15 minutes, take a sheet of paper and write everything what Debbie was saying, because there is only one thing that I am not agreeing with her and is that it's only that it's fit only for Africa. I think it fits also for Europe, because exactly what you are saying is is what we need also on the Europe side. I can less comment, comment on, the, on the USA. As you are saying, there are quite a lot of great examples, but I think Amazon was from the first day on extremely customer obsessed and therefore they are where they are. And, and basically there are a lot of business that exactly need to understand that. And yeah. all, you, all what you said was... Perfect. I'm not allowing myself to, to comment that, but what I think it really and completely makes sense, and it's where we are starting also understanding in Europe, we need to link customer experience with business result. Exactly what you are saying, we are not speaking about fluffy stuff of NPS or figures and so on. It's nice to see the NPS growing, but you need to link that to real business results. At the end, it's bottom line, it's acquisition or cost reducing cost to serve. But this, this is the key. And this is the direction where we are discussing in, 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 in Europe that we need to really to, because at the end, you are extremely passionate and there are plenty of other people extremely passionate about customer experience. But for businesses, customer experience is one discipline among quite a lot of others. And therefore, we are spreading uh, passion and explaining everything. And uh, yeah. you said the CEO, I can say the CFO, tell me, yes, it's, it's nice. What, what's in for me? And yeah. we need to be able to explain what, what's in for me. Exactly. I remember one time in my telco days when, so we're doing all that work around driving self-service adoption. And the guys in IT said to me, Debbie, there's no budget. I'm like, okay. So I went to the CTO and I explained to him what, he was, what we're trying to do. And he calls his guys in. Sorry, I told you, I warned you, I'm very dramatic. <laughs> he calls the guys in like, guys, are you okay? This is the business goal. What do you mean? Go and look for money. If they win, we win. Right? And that was it. That was the end of who we got approval. So it saved just a lot of trouble. And I, I, I just want to encourage us because it's easy to get carried away with 
all the trends and stats and we even notice that if you look at all the global CX reports, Africa is not, it's not included. So we just even started this year. Let's solve that problem. Let's start with the state of CX in West Africa. And what we've observed is when we did the research, we now saw that there's something unique about customers in West Africa. They are loyal and they are tolerant. They won't rock the boat. Now, we're telling ourselves we need to do a deeper study because if the African customer, the West African customer, is somebody who is loyal, right? Who would do this to help you stay in business just because? How can businesses now leverage? That's going to change the game completely. And this may be different for South Africa. It may be different for East Africa, Yes. Right. So I, I, that's why I cringe when I hear, I, I sense that there is this thing about globalizing CX. It's going to kill the value of CX. Let each region, you're in Europe, you're in the US, wherever you are, express your CX and it applies to your culture. Then let's come together, compare notes, understand what's going on, be more global minded. That's, that's, that's how, I, how I see it. But I get very passionate about this one. <laughs> it, it, it totally makes sense because also in businesses, we are trying always to personalize uh, experiences. And at the end, we, we are living in different contents. We have different values. And therefore, we should follow, follow different strategies to get um, to have loyal customer, to keep yeah. customer coming back, and to to, to in, in, in increase the, the share of wallet. And as you're saying, important is then afterwards the global sharing what are our best practices, how how it's working, and then taking some insights and reusing them based on the different cultures. Because in Europe, I don't, for example, Volkswagen is selling quite a lot of cars, but they are not able to sell a lot in, uh, in the USA because there are different expectations also from the customer. And exactly what you are saying, let's pick yeah. examples, share them, understand them, and then we can, we can start from there. It was really outstanding. Thank you very much. There before this, this this masterclass because it was a masterclass and not only an, an interview. We are coming to the last part of, of this discussion. Three questions for you. The first one is, is, is there a book that you would like to suggest to the, to the audience that helped you during your career? Oh, yes. There was one book, Outside in Perspective. Transformed my thinking. So that's what really got me thinking about, oh, there's such a thing as CX. So that exposed me to the concept of CX. And I've been doing CX. Okay, how that is to the next level. So I would say outside in perspective is a must read. The must read. Thank you very much. And if I remember well or understand well, you wrote also something, the customer pulse check. Is this correct? Yes. yes. I have the book out, yes. Customer, customer pulse check. It's, um, so it's a practical guide to gathering and using customer feedback. And where can my audience find, find your book? On my website, debbieacquara.com. It's available, an e-copy is available. But you can also get it on Amazon. It's also available on Amazon if you want a hard copy, yes. Thank you very much. And also linked to this question, are there other uh, contact details that you would like to share with, with, with the audience? Um, I guess I'm, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm always that. I think that's my most that's my most active um, social media channel. So I mean, just, you can just send me a DM, connect with me, 
um, on LinkedIn, or you could send an email to Debbie at nichecx.com. N-I-C-H-E-C-X. Niche, Debbie at nichecx.com. Thank you very much. And I know that you mentioned already, but I think it, it makes sense to repeat that again. Um, the web page of your NGO. No, we don't have a web page yet. So it comes through my personal website, which is debbieacquire.com. Yeah. We're still okay. pushing the baby gradually. I don't want to take on too many things at the same time. Perfect. I, I take time off CX, I go do some of that work, and then I come back. Thank you very much. And the really last question is. Debbie's golden nugget, it's something that we discussed or something new, new that you would leave to the audience? Well, my golden nugget is in, in the, if you're in the customer experience management space in a frontier or an emerging market, my golden nugget to you is be bold. Trust the experience that you have that has worked for you. It worked for you for a reason. Be bold. Own it, frame it, and scale it. That's what I'll say. Sometimes we, we don't trust what we know and think because if it's not coming from a particular source, it's not valid. And I had an encounter. I've always had this encounter. If you, if you don't birth what it is that you have, you don't share it, people, the, less people would grow. The reason why I am having a show with you today is because I'm sharing what I've seen, what I know for a fact that works. So be bold. Be bold. People are going, I mean, I've had people come after me like, who does she think she is to start a CX certification? I've had those kind of DMs, right? I don't care because what drives me is impact. So if you are in the if you are if you are in the frontier or emerging market economy, be bold. If you have been doing stuff in customer service, customer experience, customer success, customer relationship management, customer value management, you've been doing something that has been working for you, let's be bold and let's share it. Together we can grow Africa one customer experience at a time. Thank you very much. I'm not commenting Debbie's golden nuggets because this was Debbie's golden nugget. The only thing that I can say is thank you very much for your time. It was really a great pleasure to have you on my podcast. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. And also to the audience, thank you for being here, for listening to the CX Goalkeeper podcast. I hope that you enjoyed this, this discussion as much as I did because it was really an outstanding discussion with the CX Queen. Thank you very much. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, please share the word of mouth. Subscribe it, share it. Until the next episode, please don't forget, we are not in a B2B or B2C business, we are in a human-to-human -human environment. Thank you.